بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس تقربكم الذي خلقكم نفسا واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منه رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا كونا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتق الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فلنستقى الحديث كتاب الله وخير حدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشربوا محدثاتها وكل محدث بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في الدار وبعد والحمد لله ولفضل الله سبحانه وتعالى we are able to begin to commence with a new series of lessons we should not we hope we ask Allah Ta'ala to make them a benefit for us in the dunya and the akhirah. And this series of lessons will be covering the book by Imam Babahari, Shah Sunnah, which is an outline of the the creed of Ahl al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the correct creed, the correct malhaj. And primarily we'll be using the explanation of a Sheikh Salah Fawzan, his book Itihaf al-Qari. I've mentioned other benefits from other mashayikh along the way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Uh, the reason why uh, we decided to choose this particular book to go through and uh, try and bi'indillahi ta'ala complete this book it's no doubt, it's from the books that have great importance when it comes to a person understanding the correct creed, understanding the affair of Tawheed, understanding the manhaj of the Salaf, and what does it mean to be upon the correct methodology, and how is that methodology implemented, and how was it implemented by those that preceded us. And this, no doubt, is something which is a foundation in our practice of Islam. Foundation of practice of Islam, how to know the practice and implementation of the correct creed. And so, inshallah, we'll begin by reading through the Muqaddima, the introduction of a Sheikh Fawzana, the Mu'allik, the one that is commenting on the speech of Al Babahari. And he's beginning of his speech, Allah Ta'ala knows best. And so, Sheikh begins by way of the statement, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. His hadith kitab, Mu'allifu al-Babahari. So the author of this book is al-Babahari. Wismuhu al-Hasab ibn Ali ibn Khalaf al-Babahari. نسبت إلى البربهار وهو نوع من الأدوية التي لعله كان يشتغل بها أو يبيعها. And so his name, the author's name is Hassan ibn Ali ibn Khalaf al-Babahari. And this word al-Babahari, Babahari. is in reference to what is referred to as Babahar. 
Babahar is a form or a type of adria, a type of med- medication. Babahar is a type of medication. And so it's understood from this that he, the Imam, used to do works with this medication or sell it. And so thus you find that he is ascribed to it, that he has a description to it, and about Bahar. And this is something which is not unknown, or this is something which isn't strange when it comes to the A'imma, or some individuals, that the Nisbah, I then being ascribed to something, may not be a description to a particular place, or a particular tribe. Which is common one, which is which commonly known. So commonly a person will be ascribed to his tribe or ascribed to the place of where he is born or the place where he is known to be from. However, a person may be ascribed to a particular work that he does. Or something that he's known for. As that inscription becomes well known. And this is the nature of a lakab. The, the lakab description and the, the term for an individual may not be specifically in reference to a family or place. And the Imam is mentioned here by Fawzan Hafizahullah huwa min kibar al-hanabila akhada al-man akhada al-imam Ahmed And so, he is from the Kibar of the Hanabila. So he's from the, amongst the major scholars of the Hanabila. Ya'ani, the scholars in, uh, upon the Madhab of Imam Ahmed. And so he took from those that took from Imam Ahmed. Miflul and Marwadi. So he took from those that took from Imam Ahmed. And so he was from those that took from who studied under the Tulab of Imam Ahmed, the Kibar of the Tulab of Imam Ahmed. Hence he's from the Kibar, the major Aimba, uh, from amongst those that were in the, uh, the Hanabila. Thereafter, Sheikh Al-Zabesh was Tabahar for the Ilm. وأخذ العقيدة وأخذ الفقه وأخذ العلم عن كبار الأئمة. And so he thereafter sought vast amounts of knowledge. تبحر فيه يعني sought يعني knowledge to the extent that it's like a sea. And he studied from it عقيدة as well as fiqh. And general knowledge, and the, the knowledge of the deed, and he took this from this knowledge from the major imams in indeed. But this is this is a short biography of Imam Babahari, and the author of the book. As for thereafter, then the Sheikh observation the discussion about the name of the book itself. And this is the kitab. The name of the book is Sharh al-Sunnah. Wal-Murar bi-Sunnah Tariqat al-Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this word, in this name of the book here, Sharh al-Sunnah, what is intended by the word Sunnah is the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Laysa al-Murar biha al-ma'na mustalah in al-Muhadithin. عنه ما ثبت أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالقول أو فعل أو تقرير. So when we say the sunnah here, is that the sunnah in the with the terminology of the muhaddithin? So when the muhaddithin refer to a sunnah, then they are referring to no doubt that which is as affirmed from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, whether his speech, his actions, as well as his Silent approvals, and others, other than that as well. So, depending upon 
who is describing or using this word as sunnah, then the, sun, the word sunnah can differ in meaning. Depending upon who's using the word sunnah, then the word sunnah can differ in meaning. So if you're referring to, if, uh, as mentioned here, Alul Hadith, Al Muhaddithun, are using the term sunnah, then, then they intend that which is affirmed or ascribed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from speech, action, or silent approval. This is what they mean by sunnah. If you were to say a sunnah in relation to the fuqaha, then what, the sunnah, what would that be? You don't know. If we say sunnah by the fuqaha, it's called a fiqh. Now, that which is mustahab. So if the scholars of fiqh were referring to a sunnah, then they're referring to an action which is uh, rewarded if you do it. However, if you don't do it, then you're not punishable by way of it. Right? You're not blameworthy. I said mustahab. And likewise, you have the, this, the definition of sunnah amongst the mu'arrukhin as well. I those that are the scholars of history. And they refer to the Sunnah as the same as a Seerah. And their definition is similar to the definition of the Muhadithin. However, here we have this, the definition of a Sunnah, meaning the Tariqat al-Rasul, and the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so, a Sunnah here, essentially is Mayukhalath al-Bid'ah. And so, this terminology here, sunnah, is that which opposes innovation, bid'ah. And when the groups started to uh, now started to become apparent over the years, so the groups started to split off and become apparent over the years, then the uh, imba, the imam, in Akhida, saw the need to offer books in relation to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the correct creed, the correct Aqidah. Hence why you find within this period of time <coughs> as a response and as a refutation to the widespread innovations that have started to appear the Imba started to write books in relation to the correct creed. With the, with the name of Sunnah. So here, Bayda Aydina, so this book that we have here, is a Sharh Sunnah, Baba Hari. Likewise, we have a Surah Sunnah. We have a Surah Sunnah by Muhammad. Or a Surah Sunnah by the Humaydi. Or that was referred to really as a Sunnah. Ibn Khalab, for example. Naam. And so, the intent here with the Sunnah is, as mentioned, is a'am, is more, is more general. And it's everything that the Prophet sallallahu was upon, and his tariqah. Wa tariqah to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa tariqah to ashabihi wa nilau alhum, wa tariqah to salaf al-salih. And so the tariqah is the way of the Rasul of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's the way of the companions. And it's the way of the Salaf al-Salih. Hadihi al-Sunnah ba'fura suwa'al fil a'tiqad or fil ibadah or fil fiqh or fil adab or akhraq kulla hal yusabba bi-sunnah bin hayf al-umum. So, whether it be Sunnah and that which has been recorded as being from the Sunnah in the way of the Prophet وسلم, his companions, or the Salaf of Salih, all of that is regarded as being the Sunnah, whether it be in regards to creed, ibadah, any worship, fiqh, or mannerisms and characteristics, all of that is under the general term as Sunnah. Because you have to go to fiqiyah, mithlu mas, ala khufayn, وَنِكَاحَ الْمُتْعَةِ بِبَابَ الرَّدِّ عَلَى الْفِرَقَ الدَّارَ وَخَالَهُ فِيهَا And so, what you find within these books, they will mention some Masa'al Fiqiyah as well. Because all of it is in comments of the Sunnah. 
So they were mentioning some and some, some issues in fiqh. From the issues in fiqh that they were mentioned is mesh ala khufayn. The best wiping over the socks. Why? Because you may find that some of the firaq adal, the misguided groups, they will make a point that they will make in car, they will reject this affair of wiping over the socks. And so, even though it's a mas'ala in fiqh, it's an issue in regards to the fiqh, it will be mentioned within these books of sunnah and the books of aqidah to distinguish the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah by way of them affirming that which is rejected by Ahlul Bidah. Likewise as well, for the, the issues mentioned here, is the Nikah al-Muta'ah. The Nikah al-Muta'ah, which was previously uh, halal. Previously mentioned as halal. However, thereafter, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited it. This was only continued by those that are misguided and those that oppose the haqq from the rafidah. And so in order to make the distinction between those upon the haqq and those upon the sunnah in relation to this particular mas'ala, then this mas'ala is mentioned, and the muta'ah. And the reality is, not only do the Rafida, and these individuals from the Rafida Shia, not only do they still regard it as being permissible and make the judgment that it's permissible, which is the opposition to the truth, they go into excess with that as well. And you'll find that they will mention when it comes to the affair of Muta'a in a temporary marriage that they will say and they will equate it to rewards of such and such. If a person does this, if he marries one temporarily, then he will gain this amount of reward. If he marries two temporarily, he will gain this amount of reward. So they, not only do they place it as something permissible, but they place within it and emphasize within it and they go into Hulu excessiveness and extremism with it by way of mentioning large amounts of reward in relation to it. A large amount of reward in relation to doing this action and with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that it's like doing, for example, Umrah with the Nabi or like some of that. And so, it's a must that the individuals that oppose this make this clear that they oppose these, these people of innovation in every way, shape and form. The reality is, as mentioned by Shaykhana, Shaykh Ali Nasir al-Faqihi, when he mentions this affair of Muta'a, he says that these uh, scholars from amongst the Rafidah, they will say, ah, it's permissible. And again, as we mentioned, go into extremes with it. Say that it's not only permissible, but there's great reward in doing so. I enrolled in this temporary marriage, this muta'a. <coughs> However, this is the fatawa that they issue, l'ghayr. They will issue this fatawa for others. And you will not find that they will make istilam and give up their own daughters for this particular, this particular marriage. Rather, they will give fatawa for others. But when it comes to those within their own families, their own daughters and the likes of that, no, no. They would not want that for them. And so, this is the indication as well that some practices of Ahlul Bid'ah, some of their practices are practices that are with the intent of being Mukhalif al-Haqq. They intend to just oppose the truth. And they don't intend by way of those practices to adhere to something. To adhere to principles. Because rather, when these principles are brought forth, are brought close to home, then they reject them. And so these are some of the messiahs that, that we mentioned within these books as well. And likewise, <coughs> the Shaykh mentions, we can't, 
بعض المسائل من باب التأكيد أو للتكرر مناسبة ذكرها أو لزيادة بيان فيها أو لغير ذلك بالأغراض العلمية وبالجملة فهو كتاب مفيد And so you may find that some issues are repeated. Some of them are repeated due to the fact that within this repetition is more emphasis, as to emphasize particular issues. And generally you find that within this, is, uh, within this repetition is the general benefit for the one that is reading and the one that is uh, attentive to it. وَتَتِي أَحَمِيَتُهُ من قدره فهو من كتاب من كتب السلف نعم من كتب السلف أقدمين الذين عاصروا أئمة الكبار وأخذوا عنهم وروا عقيدتهم الصافية ورحمهم الله بالإمام الجليل and so these this book All these are asylum. You find within the books of the Salaf, those who are preceded. Those books of those individuals that lived amongst the major Imams of Deen and took from them and narrated from them the Aqidah, the clear Aqidah. And so thus, we allow to have mercy upon this Imam. Thereafter, so this is the understanding of the word of Sunnah. Thereafter, we have understanding of the word Sharh. The Sharh, a bayan laysa ma'nahu anahu yashrah kitaban mu'yanan. And so the word Sharh here, meaning that it is bayan, it's clarification. So Sharh al-Sunnah, the, the, the title of the book, Sharh al-Sunnah, is not an explanation, rather, or an explanation of, book, of a particular book, rather it is a clarification of the Sunnah, a tariqat al-Rasul, wa ashab al-Rasul, wa salaf al-Salih. It's clarified in a particular way. وَإِنَّا مَعْنَاهُ أَنْ يُوَضِّحْ تَرِيقَةَ الْسُنَّةِ هَذَا مَعْنَى Sharh al-Sunnah. And so, as mentioned, the meaning of what is intended here is that it, it clarifies the way of the Sunnah. And this is what is meant by the, 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 the title Sharh Sunnah. وشرح الأصول اعتقاد أهل سنة والجماعة إلا لكاي وكذلك يسبونها الإيمان فيوضع في بعض الكتب كتاب يسمى كتاب الإيمان كما هو موجود في صحيح البخاري ومسلم ويعقدون كتابا ويسبونها كتاب الإيمان and so as we mentioned some of the books of those that are preceded from the Imams, they refer to it as a Sunnah. And the books of Akhir refer to it as Sunnah. For example, the Sunnah of Imam Ahmed, or the Sunnah of his son, Abdullah, or the Sunnah of Afr, or the Sunnah of Shafr Usul, Intikar Ahl Sunnati Wal Jama'ah by Lal-Lakai. All of these are referred to as Sunnah. Likewise, you may have a book that is referred to as Iman. And so some of the books are referred to as Al-Iman. For example, Kitab Al-Iman, the book of Iman. And that book which is referred to as Kitab Al-Iman, and that is which is found in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. And so they refer to this as Kitab Al-Iman. And within these chapters, found in the Kitab Al-Iman, in Bukhari and Muslim, they would record and they would mention and narrate the ahadith yaqtasu bil aqidah the mention of narrations which are specific to aqidah bin al-iman billah wa malaikati wa kutubi wa rusuli wa yawm al-akhir wa qadrati 
وَقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ يُسَبُّونَهَا عَلَى إِمَانِ So you'll find that some of the ahadith are mentioned and these ahadith are mentioned in relation to إِمَان belief in Allah the angels, the books, the messages يَوْمُ الْآخِرِ the qadr, the good of it and the bad and they refer to it as إِمَان وَقَدْ يُسَبُّونَهَا Sharia. Sometimes you have the books that refer to it as a Sharia. So sometimes you mention you have a Sunnah or Iman or Sharia. Like a Sharia by Ajuri, a Shafi'i. We call you Sabbudaha a Tawheed. We have a Kitab of Tawheed, Ibn Khuzayba. Or you have a Kitab of Tawheed, Ibn Khuzayba. وكتب التوحيد معروفة وتسمى العقيدة وهو يعتقده القلب ويدين به ويجزم به. So we have these books and they have the these particular titles. So you have the title Sunnah, you have the title of Iman, you have the title of Tawheed, you have the title of Sharia. We understand from this is that they are all one and the same when it comes to the meaning. All one and the same when it comes to the meaning. And these are books of Akhidah. And these are books that deal with the affair of the correct creed, the way of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his companions, and the son of Salah. They're all one and the same. So even though they may differ in terms of the alfad, in terms of the wordings, the meanings are one and the same. The meanings are one and the same. وَهَذِي أَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا لَا يَخْتِلَافَ بَيْنَهَا فَهِيَ أَسْمَاءَ مُتَعَدِّدَ لِشَيْءٍ وَاحِدٍ فَهَذِهِ مِنَ مُتُرَادِفَاتِ وَلَا مَشَاحَ فِي الْأَسْمَاءَ إِذَا عَلِمَ الْمُرَادِ فَلَيْسَ هَذَا مِنَ اخْتِلَافِ وَإِنَّمَا هَذَا مِنَ اسْتِلَاحِ وَكُلُّ اسْتِلَاحِ لَهُ الوجه فلا اختلاف بينهم في ذلك وإنما اختلاف الألفاظ ومعنى واحد. as we mentioned, so we may find that these these names differ. نعم. they have some of them are Sunnah, some of them are Sharia, some of them are Iman, some are Tawheed. they differ in name. however, and the names may be may be many and different. however, they are mutaradif. mutaradif meaning that they carry the same meaning. Now that they have different words, but they carry the same meaning. And there is no difference when it comes to the murad, the intent of the book. And this is the istilah. And every istilah, every terminology has a particular uh, reason why that one has been used. أما من ينكر هذا ويقول عقيدة وتوحيد استراح ليس عليه دليل وليس هو موجودا في القرآن ولا في السنة فهذا تشكيك يريدون به نعم أن يشتثوا هذه العقيدة فجاءوا بهذا الكلام من أجل أن يميز بين الفرق الضالة والفرق المستقيمة هذا هو الذي غاضهم ومن أجل لألا يرد على أهل الباطل هذا قصد متعلمين منهم عما الحمج والرعاء الذين يأخذون من مزابل الأفقار فهم يرددون هذه الأقوال كما في بعض الصحف وفي بعض ما يسبونها معلفات أسو أسفو those that wish to reject this. And they say, this terminology, Akira or Tawheed, these are terminologies that do not have any proof. And they're not found in the Quran nor the Sunnah. That this is merely the actions of those that are seeking to throw doubts upon this affair of Akira. And it's creed. And so thus they seek to come with the speech. Because they do not want, they do not intend or want 
for there to be a distinction between the groups that are upon misguidance, nor those that are upon istikama, those that are upright. And so this is their intent with that. So that those people of innovation and people of uh, a falsehood cannot be rejected and refuted. And this is their intent of such individuals and what they seek to achieve from that. And in reality, in reality, the truth is that this is something which is found in the Quran and Sunnah. For example, you have the hadith of Ibn Abbas, when the Prophet said, And he says, Did you go to people in the book? So make the first we call them to the Shahada of La ilaha illallah. However, in another wording of the same hadith, the Nabi alayhi salatu mentions, I in the first you call them to I you wahid Allah and you wahid Allah they need this word in Tawheed Wahada you wahidu Tawheeda And so this is a word which is rather found in the Sunnah and this rejection of this word in a rejection of the, the word Tawheed and the likes of that. As mentioned, it's nothing but a practice of those seeking to throw doubts upon those that seek to make this affair the correct creed distinct. And so this is something which has occurred with the Ummah that there, there is great importance given to distinguishing between the truth and falsehood. And distinguishing between guidance and misguidance. However, those that make these claims, they have a particular intent with that. Humri dun ay yadmaju al-nas wa la yakul hunaka fa'alak bainal mulhit and so, when they say these things, they intend by way of that that there is no distinction between anyone. There's no distinction between the one that is upon this affair of atheism, what was making it to to Islam, or the one that is a heretic, or the one that is upright. Or the one that is an innovator. There is no distinction made between any of them. All of them remain with this ascription to Islam. And they say, this is the Ajit Tawheed Muslimin. They say that this is so that they can maintain the unity of the Muslims. This is their claim. For the Quran Al-Muslimun la yahtahidun illa ala kila sahihah. And we say in response to that, that the Muslims do not unite except upon the correct creed. The Aqidah which brought the companions together. The Aqidah which united the companions. Why? Because before that, they were divided. And when the Aqidah came to them, the correct creed, the correct belief came to the companions, this is what united them. <laughs> this is what united them. Come on, call it to Allah. But Allah, He alaykum if kuntum adaf Allah fabeida kulubikum. I remember, I'm mindful of the ni'mah, the blessing of Allah Taala upon you, whilst you before before you were enemies to one another, and He joined your hearts and united your hearts. I know enemies to one another; they were united. By way of that correct creed. What is it that brought the companions together? 
من الفرقة وتناحر وجد بولن تجمع وصير ودوائد إلا هذه العقيدة except that it was this particular creed التي هي بعد لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله which is the meaning of لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله فلا يجمع الناس إلا عقيدة صحيحة وأما أن يكونوا مختلفين في اعتقادهم فلن يجتمعوا أبدا and so the people not they will not be united and brought together except with the correct creed as for those that differ with one another in their creed then they will not be brought together ever they will not be united ever be united عمل اختلاف في مسائل فقهية اجتهادية التي يحتملها دليل فهذا لا يؤثر ولا يحدث فرقة ولا عداوة لأن هذا اجتهاد سائغ لكن اختلاف العقيدة غير سائغ لا يجتمع عليه مختلفون أبدا لا يجتمع مختلفون في العقيدة بحبا حاول من حاول لأنه يريد أن يجمع بين المتضادات ولا يمكن الجمع بين المتضادات والمتناقضات. And so, when it comes to اختلافات different when it comes to the affair different in the مسائل الفقهية in issues of fiqh نعم when it's اجتهاد على الدليل نعم each person has their دليل each person has proof Points towards whichever opinion that they take, then this is not. This is something that does not have an effect upon unity. Nor does it bring about splitting. Nor does it bring about enmity. Why? Because this is something which is an affair which they had, an affair where the person that is able and strove to come to an understanding of a particular issue. This is when it comes to fiqh. And the furor, and the affairs that branch off from the foundations. Like the اختلاف in عقيدة غير صحيح. As for اختلاف in عقيدة, then this is something which is not allowable and permissible. And the people cannot become united upon anything whilst differing in عقيدة ever. Whilst a different decree, they cannot be united. And those that differ in their kingdom, doesn't matter who tries to unite them, they will never be united. Why? Because with this, they are seeking to gather and connect between things that are diametrically opposed to one another. They are directly opposed to one another. And so it's not it's not possible that you can connect things that are directly opposed or contradict one another. And so this, what I'm going to here, what Sheikh Fozal is discussing, essentially is the different. There's, there's two types of different. You have ikhtilaf, which is referred to as ikhtilaf tadad, ikhtilaf tadad, and the second which is اختلاف التدور اختلاف التضاد is اختلاف essentially which occurs in the usul al-deen اختلاف التضاد which occurs in the usul al-deen where it is not possible for this اختلاف to occur and there's one absolute truth or with adak to be more precise that these are, this is different when it comes to the usul, and there's no means for a person to differ with another. They have to come to one correct understanding. This is the usul, this is the foundation. So a person cannot say that I have this particular belief when it comes to my creed, and he has this belief when it comes to his creed, and there's a, there's a degree of tasabah, there's a degree of allowance that regard. This is not the case when it comes to ikhtilaf and 
And then you have Ikhtilaf, the second which is Ikhtilaf of Tanawa. Ikhtilaf of Tanawa is the Ikhtilaf which occurs in affairs of Furur. And affairs that branch off from the foundations. When a person may have strength in speech or strength in opinion upon one affair, upon one issue, another person has another strong opinion upon the same issue. And this does not bring about or this does not necessitate that the unity is affected. An example of that, let's say, is in the Salah. When a person comes up from Rakur, it could be said that the person in the Salah, they place their hands back upon the chest. Whilst another person in the Salah, they place their hands by the sides. If the person places their hands upon the chest, or the person places his hands upon the, upon the sides, this does not affect their unity and the unity that they are upon in terms of brotherhood and in terms of them being upon the Sunnah. One person has an understanding of, of the Nusus in one way, one person has an understanding of the Nusus in the text in another way. Full habits. As for Tanaf and Tadad, then this is an affair when it comes to the usul of the deen and foundation of the deen. So for example, a person, he believes that all of the companions are trustworthy. All of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are trustworthy. No doubt this is the case. They're all trustworthy. All praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then you have another individual that may believe that some of them are not trustworthy. So they doubt the trustworthiness of some of them. This is an affair of our foundations indeed. Well, this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about, informed us about. The companions and their trustworthiness. And so now this is not something that we can, is a, a, a miscible or an allowable differing when it comes to the companions, for example. And so this is just an example of how you may have these different forms of differing. And so if it is different when it comes to the usul, then there can never be unity. You cannot have unity when they're differing when it comes to the usul. That's why it's important, the importance of learning the foundations of the religion. So you know what the foundations are, so that you may bring unity upon those foundations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I will conclude here, inshallah ta'ala, for today. And Inshallah, next week we'll conclude the introduction of Sheikh Fawzan. ta'ala, next week uh, we hope to start earlier. Just uh, today we had, had other uh, appointments or other dust rather. So, Inshallah, next week we intend to probably begin earlier for those that are, to make it easier for those that maybe the further away. Allah صلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم نعم is such thing as good bid'ah and bad bid'ah so essentially um, the short answer is uh, no the short answer is no that there's there's no there's no such thing as uh, a good bidah. Good uh, a good bidah essentially is uh, an oxymoron in terms. Good bidah is some is an action which has been newly invented in the region of Islam after that which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has come with. And so you have the statement, for example, the statement of Imam Malik, where he says, "Man fil Islam so whoever invents a new, whoever newly invents an affair in Islam, I considers it to be good. So it's as if he has said that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam It's as if that he said that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam betrayed us with his message. 
because if we now say that the Prophet sallallahu is a fullness of everything good, is a fullness of everything, is a fullness of all the forms of ibadah, how to worship Allah. Now, then a person cannot now say that I'm going to do this action that the Prophet sallallahu didn't do, but it's still going to bring me closer to Allah. Because then it would mean that he didn't tell us about this, this thing. And of course, his, uh, his message was perfect. And his, his, uh, his, that which his message that he came with was perfect. That today I have completed my favor upon you, perfected my religion for you, and chosen Islam as your religion. And so we know that there is, it's not possible for there to be a bid'ah, a newly invented action, which is ibadah, and it be good. Because the Prophet said if it was good, the Prophet would have told us. And if he told us, then it's not a bid'ah, because it's within the sunnah. Now, so this is, that's, that's essentially, that's one thing. Some people, they do say that there's a, a, a bid'ah hasana, a good, a good bid'ah, when you have, or they, refer, they will refer to the, the Athar of Umar, when he saw the people establishing the, the Qiyam, of the prayer in the Ramadan. And he mentions that it's a bid'ah hasana. The, the word that he used here, bid'ah, in this narration, is not uh, bid'ah shara'an. And it's not that this was a whole new action that people did after the Prophet wasallam. Rather, it was a bid'ah in terms of tajdeed. It was a revival of something that the Prophet wasallam did. So he mentioned bid'ah in terms of it was new, in relation to the people then. Now, so, sorry, repeat that again. So it, it was, when he said it was a bid'ah, he didn't mean it was a bid'ah in terms of it was completely new. It was that bid'ah in terms of it was new for them. It was a revival of something that the Prophet ﷺ had previously done. So it was new in terms, in, in, it was something which was relative. Relative to them it was new. But the reality was it wasn't new at all. Because the Prophet ﷺ established as the, the Salah in the, in the, night, the night prayer and the like of that. Okay, so the Like for instance, the Quran at the time of the Prophet, it didn't have the uh, proof no. and stuff like that. Ain't that a bid'ah? No. Okay. So when it comes to uh, anything that is that is done, and it is an action which a person says, "This is going to draw me nearer to Allah." Now, this is where we say this. This is a this is a bid'ah. I where the Prophet Sallallahu didn't do the action. If now, for example, go using the, the, the example of the Quran, and maybe the, the letters are different, or the, the, the nature of letters are different, we now, we have harakat, we have nukati and dots placed here to aid the person in reading, right? However, they're reciting the same ayat. They're not reciting anything new, right? So the action of reciting Quran is from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu this here is just to aid the person in, in, in doing the action of, of reciting sunnah. It's not something which is anything new, right? If the person now was to say, for example, I'm going to recite the, these ayat of Quran, and I'm going to make sure I recite this hadith, this hadith, this hadith. Specifies. And, and then this is, this is now something new. Because this is now something that the Prophet didn't, didn't, didn't legislate. Right. As for recitation of Quran, then this is this is something which is legislated. If now, due to maybe the, the weakness of the people, the weakness of the language of the people, as time goes on, they need some things to aid them in that. There's the example you gave in terms of things we added to aid them. They read in the same they read in the same ayat, however, but it's aiding them in, the, in that recitation. So it's not something which is added or changing the ibadah. It's something which is just aiding them to fulfill that ibadah, which. Was been that was been established from the time of the Prophet. No. Just, just like the Subha and stuff like that, everything. Oh, that's something else. <laughs> what is it? Now. <laughs> the 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 beats, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Now. Alhamdulillah. The the beats. Sorry. Now, now what? Now what? Um, with the beats. Now there are different things that I mentioned about them. Now, so some people say yes. It's, it's something that will, if it's there to aid you, 
with the with the counting and and the likes of that. Some scholars actually do mention if it's there where it's absolutely the case, you cannot count. Now, but most people are able to count to thirty three, thirty four. And what is important as well in, in certain cases with these things is that the people do not become attached to these items. These items are not these are not essential from deen. And so, when it comes to you know the the counting. The count should be done in accordance with the Sunnah Salah on the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's what takes precedence. Count with the fingers. This is what he did. Count with the fingers. This is what takes precedence. And the only exception should be if the person is not able to do so. But this is something which is a rare exception in Lama's best. The person should be able to do so. And if a person, not able, if a person is able to do so and then they still use these beads, then what you do find is something that does occur that people become attached to the, to the beads. And... This is not something which is legislated. The beads are not legislated themselves. Likewise as well, you have the narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud where the people were doing the, the Afghan counting with their stones using the pebbles. And this is the closest likeness that we have to the beads. And even Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud used, would make incarnate people doing so. Right? And so when it comes to different, different practices in Deen, we look at how did... How did the Prophet Sallallahu first of all, how did he practice the deen? And how did the, uh, the Salaf of Salaf understand these practices? So from the Salaf of Salaf, of course, are the companions. From the companions, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And we have his statement where the people were counting using these, these uh, pebbles and the fact that he rejected the actions. So we understand this is how actually towards using such things. So, though that should always be something, that's something that's, that should be avoided. No. And is that not contradicting with the ayat, uh, the ahruf? No. Um, the contradiction doesn't. Uh, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It, it doesn't contradict with the ahruf. Why? Because when it comes to, for example, these uh, these beads and the likes of that, this is the case of where a person is not able to count. Now. A person not able to count. Generally speaking, a person is able to count. The, we could, the example of a person not able to count is would be someone maybe they they suffer from short term memory loss or things like this. No. When it comes to the reading of of letters and reading the precisity of letters, then this has become a lot weaker over the years, right? That's one thing. The second thing is that as long as the person is able to recite from the ayat as they should be recited, then he's fulfilling that ibadah. Now, it's not a case of how it's written, is the, the hymn is not in how it's written. The hymn is, is in, in the recitation. <laughs> so the hymn, the most important things are the tilawah of, of, of Quran. So using that example. The hymn, the most important things are the tilawah of the Quran. Even to the extent, lil asaf, you may have some people now that they, they can't read. Arabic text. So they use the uh, what they call transliteration. Roman English. Roman, Roman letters now. And they use the transliteration. Sometimes. Which can change the meaning. If if they don't read it properly. It's not very precise. It's not precise, no. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's something that the person should avoid anyway. But let's say, for example, they are able to read it. Some people are, are able to read it perfectly. Now, with these letters. They shouldn't rely upon it. But they are able to read it perfectly. Then they fulfilled that aspect of recitation of Quran. They recited the Quran. Now, and that's what that's what's sought from us. That's the ibadah. However, when it comes to the these particular beads, then these beads are not are not something which is legislated. Now, and then as we mentioned, going back to the author of Ibn of, of Ibn Mas'ud, that he would reject that particular action. Now, that specific action. So. It's not something where they, 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 there's an equivalence can be made between the two. Because we have the Salaf and how they reacted towards this particular action of counting. Because, as we said, the person should be able to count with the fingers. And this is what, how the Prophet did so. And if he did it like this, we know this is the best way to do so. Now.
למה? לא שייך לצפוף, זה חלק Uh, linguistically means Jadid. Okay? So the word uh, Hadith means Jadid, new. And Muhdath uh, is something which has been brought about, I uh, brought to new. So the Muhdith is the one that has brought, has brought something new. So every newly invented affair is a bit of eye. Someone that's newly invented affair in Islam, it is a bit of an innovation. Sorry, Sheikh, but that, that, that goes back to the hour on the... Because that wasn't on the time of the Prophet. No. So, does that not entirely... goes back to that? No. Because, what, like, who... Do you know... I don't, I don't have knowledge uh, who actually uh, spoke the Ahlul on the Quran. Mm-hmm. But I presume it's years after the Prophet, So, so, so. No. Are you talking about the... Are you talking about the Harakat? Which was... Yeah. He says uh, the Quran it didn't have any any uh, any um, harakat. Sorry, did I yeah. say ahrof before? Harba. Sorry, harakat. No. Harakat and the sheds, the mud, all them. Yeah, it didn't have none of that. True. And years later, like you said, to make it easier for mm-hmm. people to to weed and all that, they put that haruf on there. Uh, yes. Harakat. Sorry. Yes. Does that not? Like it's a bit, uh, no, because you're not you're not saying now that this is an this is, is enhancing your ibadah, for example, or is part of your ibadah. Now we're talking about remember going back to age is age you in reading Quran, okay. right? With the example of bid'ah, clearest example I'll give you: a person who says, "I don't want to pray isha it's isha now. I don't want to pray isha for rakah. I think it's better for me to pray five. But it's bid'ah. Of course. Uh, no. But to, um, to, to give you a clear example, right? And this goes against directly what would be of our benefit. Because the Prophet Wasallam is legislated for us, four rakah. This is the best, for us, best thing for us to do. Sazir Isha, pray four rakah. But person now says I'm going to pray five. No. There's no, it's nothing. All, what he's saying within that is that I know better than what the Prophet Wasallam legislated, of course. When we're talking about these uh, harakat, we're not now saying that it's better for us to have these harakat. Now, what we're saying is, in order to aid the person in reading, yes, a harakat. For example, no, because we're not we're not saying we're not saying that this is no 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 we're not saying that this is increasing us in ibadah. Now, we're not saying, for example, we know we have got the color coded masahif uh, for understanding the rules of tajweed. Now, that because it's color-coded, that this is increasing us in the Ibadah. For example, when a person, he might use the first, initially he used the color-coded Musahif. When he becomes uh, proficient in Tajweed, he's not going to use those anymore. Right? But so we're not going to say now that this is something which has been brought into religion. Or that has been brought into the Ibadah. It enhances his Ibadah. Or it makes his Ibadah better because he uses this. Now, essentially the bid'ah is a person saying we're going to do this action to, to enhance that which we have already. Right? For example, the practice of pro- pro- uh, uh, celebrating the Prophet's birthday. Sorry, sorry. Now, they say that we'll celebrate the Prophet's birthday to get closer to Allah. Or we say celebrate the Prophet's birthday to show our love for him. But should have been legislated by the companions and what we know from the companions how they show their love for him. So we cannot now say we're going to do this action to enhance that which is done before. So this is the, this is the essentially what the bid'ah is that they said they want to enhance that which is already present. So when we go back to the Rose question, it says, "I the the muhdafat, newly invented affairs. I newly invented affairs that are brought about to enhance that which is already there. 
And this is why I that is so evil. Because you're saying that you want to enhance that which is already there. That which is already there has come from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So it cannot be enhanced. It cannot be enhanced. So what we're saying now is that you, you by you saying you're enhancing that which is already there, is that you are coming with that which is better than that which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came with. Which is of course evil in, in, its, in, its, uh, in its meaning. Of course. No. That's the, that's the clearest one I can think of. <laughs> does it make sense? Yes, yes. Well, I can't Word, they made out of like words, like Nastain. Mm-hmm. Known of Nastain is Nahnu. It's whole word. One letter is whole word. It's how many, like, in Quran, how many words are like these? That's a whole language, it's like. It's a whole language. The language, this is, uh, it's a sub. Good example, Tuesday, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a sub. And so the, the letters will change. Depending upon who you're, who you're referring to, this is the Arabic language. This is the national Arabic language. No, but yeah, Alhamdulillah,